Good evening. What's going on, y'all? What's up? What's up with y'all tonight? Hope everybody's day has been going well. Hope everybody's past week has gone well. Let's talk tonight. Um, first off, you know what it is. This is Marcel Gill. This is your host, the Social Introvert of the Social Introvert Podcast. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. You guys showed up last week and helped me break some more records as far as listeners are concerned, so I'm happy about that. Um, if you didn't know, last week I talked about the facts versus the fiction when it comes to Moses and um, whether or not he actually existed and what does history say and not just what the Bible says. Um, and a lot of y'all actually listen to it, so I'm glad about that because it shows that some people want to learn and are tired of the shenanigans, I should say. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys for listening. And I'm going to continue onwards with this on tonight. Um, I don't, I, I don't, uh, don't want to go further without uh, also promoting my book, which is called Hack Yourself, Design Your Life, or Accept Your Fate. Uh, the book talks about uh, several things that can help you along your journey of life, uh, such as like the law of attraction, investing, astrology, your intention, you know, things of that nature. And um, again, this this stuff is inside of every single one of us. It doesn't require belief in a God for any God, for that matter, it doesn't require except for yourself. You are gods and goddesses, but. Outside of that, it doesn't require belief in anything external. And for those of y'all that believe that there's a God or deity that lives inside of you, um, it doesn't require that either. Because, I mean, if you are if you are a God or a goddess by default, um, you don't you don't need another one uh, to to be in control of your godhood at that point either. So, um, yeah, I, I just simply put it that way that. I mean, you're God or goddess by default. Um, and it actually strikes me kind of weird that when you call people that sometimes, they they deny it. Like, they don't want that power. <laughs> like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone on Clubhouse and people be like, I'm not a god, I'm not a goddess. And it's like, they, they, have, they, they downplay themselves simply because of their religious background. Which is kind of sad, really. Because, I mean, why, why wouldn't you want to be? Why would you want to be less than what you believe to be the highest, I guess, form of power. Why, why would you want to subject yourself to it versus being alongside it or, or being that power yourself? And I guess the even crazier thing is, is that everybody has their, pretty much their own belief. Like even if you're in a specific religion, um, everybody doesn't share the same belief about the, the quote unquote, God or or even the power or the attributes of said God, nor do they share the same characteristics when when you ask different people. But as soon as you give them power, when you give them their power back, um, you know, they decide to, uh, they reject it for some reason. So I I do want to kind of talk about uh, mental health in the black community because, I mean, there's countless articles out that... um, it's, it's literally a, a mental health crisis going on in the black community. As y'all know, in the schools, we're number one in special education, uh, IEPs. Um, we're the ones who essentially deal with the most trauma, but we don't get the help that we deserve. Um, obviously, we have drug addicts, but for some reason in the communities where it affects us the most, uh, there's not enough resources, rehabilitation centers. Uh, they rather just throw you in jail. Um, but not only that, not just mentally, but even physically. Like, we're among some of the most unhealthy people, uh, most obese people. Um, and it's kind of sad uh, that, I mean, we shouldn't expect the government to to dole out those resources to us because we already know what it is so we have to uh we have to combat that with with knowledge honestly that i mean the only way to combat anything is by gaining more knowledge and that's what i'm here to talk about tonight um 
what one of the main things that black people don't do enough is read books. It, it's nothing for somebody to go on Google um, or Wikipedia, and Wikipedia isn't always accurate. If you know how to research, um, you may find some information that's that's legitimate on Wikipedia, but for the most part, um, Googling shouldn't always be your answer. And I've talked about this on several podcasts in the past that you are your first response and um, you, you are your best defense against anything, right? You should know your body more than a doctor does. That doesn't mean that you need to go through medical school. Um, doesn't mean you need to become a nurse or a licensed practitioner nurse or a CNA or any of the above. You, you should just know your body more than anybody else. And you can, you can grab a few books. <laughs> you can grab a few books on herbs. Um, and, and obviously you, you are a living experiment, right? So you, you are allowed to try different things. Like if you're sick and you have a cold, I mean, you can try different Tylenols, <laughs> uh, not Tylenol, but you can try different things like uh, NyQuil, Theraflu, Mucinex, Robitussin, whatever, but you can also go out in nature and try the different things like ginger and, and lemon juice and different things that, you know, help you with like your throat problems or your sicknesses or whatever like that. There's there's several different chemicals versus nature things and remedies that you can use to heal yourself, but everything doesn't work exactly the same for everybody. And you can certainly see that with this COVID stuff that's going on right now. Um, everybody that has been vaccinated, you're, it's not, you're not safe at this point, right? Uh, there's people who are vaccinated that are still catching COVID at this time, some even dying. Um, and you know, medication doesn't affect everybody in the same exact way. Um, so again, it, it really boils down to you knowing your body more so than anybody else. You may take an herb that works wonders and works immediately, and somebody else might take the same herb. It might take two or three days. Um, but again, it, it all boils down to you you knowing yourself and, and trusting yourself enough to do research, ask questions, uh, try to get in contact with, you know, doctors and ask for opinions. Um, again, and that, that's all a part of utilizing your resources, like Clubhouse, for example, you can get on Clubhouse and you can be in rooms with people that you normally wouldn't find yourself in rooms with. I've been in rooms with people who have PhDs, uh, actual medical doctors, um, millionaires and billionaires, um, people who are in control of resources such as uh, credit repair, um, real estate, uh, airlines, um, you name it. It's all, it's all, it's all a part of thinking outside of the box and, and trying to actually do research and actually trying to get in contact with people to ask the questions that you've always wanted to ask. People make fun of YouTube a lot and call people YouTube university people and scholars and all that other stuff, but you can legitimately find really good information on YouTube if you do enough research, but more so than YouTube, watching videos trying to find articles and stuff, reading books, it, it really is fundamental. I, I just literally got another book in the mail today um, from a master teacher, a guy named Shaka Atmos, who is a, um, he's a, one of the world's foremost knowledgeable people on ancient Kemet in Egypt. And um, it's called Codex Game Over. It's a book on uh, the parallels and how the Bible plagiarized a lot from the ancient pyramid text, the Papyrus of Ani or Anu, um, even the Book of the Dead. But again, <clears throat> that all comes down to me actually wanting to do research to to know my history, to know Africa's history, to know the true history, not what not what has been taught in schools, not what's being taught in churches, um, but actual historical facts. And like I said last week, I, I spoke about um, the historical facts uh, versus uh, biblical accounts. And um, obviously, the like I told you before, the Moses story didn't actually exist. Um, and by Moses story, I'm referring to the Exodus. 
Um, and I want to I want to kind of tap on that again today because I, I said I wanted to talk about mental health. And it's no secret that the black church has a huge impact on the mental health in the black community. Right. Because, again, since black communities more so or less don't have uh, well, more or less don't have the resources to psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists and and I guess um, counselors and, and life coaches um, what is the first place they run to? They run to the church. When they have emotional hurt, they run to the church. When they have financial hurt, they run to the church. Um, and nine times out of ten, um, the people that they run to in the church are not qualified to to help them. And and obviously, we know where this is going. The people are going to tell them to, you know, pray and go to God. And I think it's very easily to see now that um, that's not effective. Um, it's not effective on a massive scale. It's, it's not. It's not even effective enough to be considered, you know, sometimes good. It's, it's kind of in a space where it's like rarely good. Um, like for example, a lot of people, um, most people. When they come into, uh, I guess, Christianity, it's obviously from a very young age. And then when people normally uh, give, decide to make Christianity their religion and Yahweh and Yeshua their gods, um, it's normally during an emotional period. And again, because we don't have the resources uh, to go to a therapist or a psychiatrist and stuff like that, um, the first thing they do is run to the altar and go to church and get on their knees and cry and you know join a church and they they join a community at a church and that's not necessarily a bad thing to be a part of a community um we have all heard the the phrase that it takes a village to raise people or raise the kids and stuff like that so there's nothing wrong with uh community but There is a difference between good communities and bad communities, good communities and greater communities. Um, And a lot of times, like I said before, these communities, uh, these church communities don't have the resources to help people. And and then when you throw uh, a God into the mix, that that just further complicates things. So um, one of the things that we can do is start learning how to think. Because I, I say it all the time that in order for you to, to fully accept um, a religion, first of all, let me start here. When, when, you're, in a Christ, when you're a Christian, it's, it's automatically based off of fear from the, from the get-go, right? Becoming a Christian involves foregoing logical reasoning, and it also foregoes critical thinking and analysis, but you're also not allowed to think for yourself or question, um, you know, the the belief system at its core. And I'm going to explain that um, very briefly because, you know, most people don't even think about this. Um, they just, you know, join a religion and accept it and, um, you know, try to obey the tenets of said religion. So what do I mean by it's, it's based in fear? Um if you come into the knowledge of uh, Judeo-Christianity and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, which is not something that Jesus even asked you to do, that's something that Paul says you has to do, have to do, um, you are now condemned to the lake of fire if you don't believe in this belief system. So, um, by default, it's based off of fear, and I don't want anybody to allow you to tell you anything differently. Um, because again, if there there was no fear of you going into an imaginary lake of fire or being tormented day and night forever and ever in a hell that has never been proven to exist, nobody has ever gone there and come back. Um, when when you when you take this system on as your own, 
by default you're living in fear. Now they'll say no, the the religion is about love and freedom and stuff like that, but the second you talk about leaving, you're threatened with the lake of fire and brimstone and um you'll be with the devil and the false prophets and all kinds of other stuff. But again, um none of that has ever been proven to be true. So you have to remember when you when you tell kids this from an early age and they carry that as truth from an early age up into adulthood, you, you already start off with kids being in a trauma-based system from, from childhood, and, and they carry that into adulthood. So you're always living in a constant state of anxiety, and, and let's be honest, most of them are not, because <laughs> a lot of people that call themselves Christians don't necessarily carry themselves at, as what a quote-unquote Christian should or, or a Jew should, but um, again, people people will will tell you all day long that they're children of their gods and all this other stuff, and yet do some of the most heinous things, including people at the top in these churches. But again, um, we we just simply have to learn how to think, because again, when you tell kids from an early age if they sin, they're going to hell, right? These kids brains aren't fully functioning so not only are they being lied to throughout the school curriculum they're being lied to every Sunday right and Wednesday if they go to Bible study or Tuesday or whatever day and and let's be honest most preachers nowadays aren't aren't preaching the hell doctrine because they realize that that scares people away from their churches which causes them to lose money so we got to think guys like like honestly the the religion of Christianity or Judeo-Christianity is based out of fear. If you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you go to hell forever and there ain't no escape. So at, at the very base and core, this religion is based out of fear. It's not based out of love and freedom and liberation. It's based out of fear. If you go into the new, if you go into the New Testament and listen to Paul, Paul tells you to obey your slave masters. So to be honest with you guys, all of you guys who love to thank um, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, all of the black abolitionists, uh, all the people who used the utilize the Underground Railroad, you you should not embrace them because they did not follow what the Bible told them to do. The Bible tells you to obey your slave masters, no matter even the harsh ones, to love them and continue to pray for them. The Bible tells you to love your enemies. Like what? What kind of what kind of sense does that make? To to love the people who are continually killing your children, killing you, imprisoning you, oppressing you. For those of y'all that believe y'all are oppressed, um, how much sense does that make to love the person who is intentionally doing you harm? I certainly don't. But that's again because I I do not subscribe to the the Christian worldview. It's not even original. But I'll go in on that later. Um, but seriously, guys, I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm beating a dead horse at this point. The, the religion itself is based out of fear. You, you, cannot, you cannot say, I want to believe in Jesus Christ, and then say you don't believe in hell. Right? Because that, that's literally going against what the Bible says. To include Jesus, because Jesus allegedly went there and came out, you know, unscathed and got the keys to death and all that other stuff. All right, so that, that's out of the way. The religion is based out of fear right okay there's no way you can accept the religion without realizing that if you don't accept it (laughs) you go to hell all right two let's let's talk about um yeshua and and the resurrection theory okay so um when it comes down to that like let's let's not um let's bring back logical reasoning let's bring back um critical analysis right So when it comes to the resurrection theory, there's several stories I'm sure a lot of you all have never heard of because nobody really preaches about or or talks about the the extra effects that took place during the the alleged crucifixion and and resurrection. So um, I'm sure you all didn't know that there was a I I call (laughs) I call it a zombie apocalypse, but it's. in John, when when Jesus dies on the cross, allegedly all of the graves in Jerusalem opened up, 
and the dead rose up and they were reunited with their families right um and let's keep in mind this is during the hellenistic period in rome and greece and all of that stuff during that you know time period that he allegedly existed um all of the graves were opened up and the dead were reunited with their families so that's why i call it a zombie apocalypse because these people have been dead for i don't know how long and all of a sudden they get out of their graves and they're walking around a town so you guys have to like use critical analysis here um we know that stuff doesn't happen <laughs> like <laughs> that stuff doesn't happen ever anywhere on earth and never has happened anywhere on earth never has there been a time <laughs> where where a whole bunch of dead people just got up around the same time and started walking around the city but not only that um this is nowhere recorded in history either right this is this is during a time where people actually recorded history right this isn't like the this isn't like the stone age right this is early first century there are there are plenty of historians let alone that there are no first-hand accounts of jesus anywhere in history either but we we have in 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 the bible where people get up out of their graves and walk around the city and reunite with their families like let's let's take the let's take your god and let's take you know the the alleged holy bible out of the equation and let's just think like do do you have to ask yourself do dead people just get up out of their graves and walk around cities the answer is a is a resounding no people do not just get up out of their graves and walk around right especially i i i have to say hundreds of people or or thousands i'll, I'll just say 50 people i'll just say 50 because i i, I want to extremely downplay this i'll even take it down to 10 like this is recorded nowhere in history and then it then there's no indication that they ever died again. Like after you're resurrected, do you die again? Like what happens? But you have to ask yourself and you, you, I'll give y'all a second. Do dead people just get up out of their graves and walk around? Okay. I heard all of you guys say no. All right, cool. So, so that, that, (laughs) that part is done and over with. Um, there's another part where after the resurrection, It says that uh, Jesus walked through a door that was locked or something like that. The door was locked and somehow he got through through the door to the other side. So either he walked underneath the door, which obviously doesn't make any sense. um, Him walking through a door, which obviously doesn't make any sense either. But again, that we have to ask ourselves, how do people get through locked doors? Either they thought the door was locked and it wasn't really locked. Or he picked the lock and came through the house. Or he phased through the door. Right? And you have to ask yourself again, like, how, how, what, what's more plausible here? What, what makes more sense? Picking the lock makes more sense, but they made it seem as if he somehow transitioned through the door while it was closed. And I forgot which, which gospel that one was in. And again, I have to say that none of these gospels have an author these gospels say matthew mark luke and john obviously there was nobody named matthew mark luke and john and some of your bibles it says the gospel according to matthew mark luke and john and also matthew mark luke and john are not even in chronological order mark is the first gospel then matthew then luke and then john um and matthew copies mark more than half of it is copied from mark Um, And then obviously Luke copies from Matthew and Mark. And then John is the one that kind of goes off the rails. But like I said, the the zombie apocalypse, um, the the transfiguration on the mount um, where in in one account, because Mark doesn't even mention this. um, John talks about how Jesus was on the mountain and they looked up and saw him in the clouds with Elijah and Moses. Like. We, we have to sit here and think, like, when do you see somebody in the clouds? That, and I have to I have to say this as well. Um, Jesus was a Pisces and Moses was the ram, which is, I believe, Aries. 
So if you guys know anything about astrology, you can go and look this stuff up. But Moses, most of the time, was represented as a ram, which is Aries. And if you understand astrology, if you go back and read through the Bible, you'll see you see all of the parallels. Like you'll, you'll see how a lot of people understand that the Bible is also an astrology book. And some record knows, recognize the Bible as Helios Biblios, which means the sun book, because Jesus is supposed to be... Uh, characterizes the sun like what we see up in the sky like jesus was dead for allegedly three days the sun does that during the winter solstice um not the winter solstice i'm sorry during the spring equinox i believe it is the sun appears to be you know dead for three days and then it rises again um also uh with ezekiel ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air um, that's also the will. If you recognize what the will is, the will is also the Zodiac will, right? But again, I can go into that deeper on another podcast episode. I do need to do an astrology Zodiac comparison to the Bible so people can understand that as well. Um, oh, and, and let me bring up another point about Jesus too, um, that we have to be logical about, um, him feeding over five, <laughs> Him feeding over 5,000 people with two fish and uh, loaves of bread. Or, uh, I'll just say fish and loaves of bread. Um, obviously, we know this is impossible unless everybody got like the tiniest crumb <laughs> of the bread and the tiniest, like, <laughs> the tiniest bite of the fish, right? Like, can you even imagine like 5,000, you, you guys have to understand like how, how big <laughs> 5,000 people is and then fish and bread. It was either two loaves of bread and some fish or two fish and some loaves of bread. You guys have to understand like logic, just, just think logically. Like again, forego faith, forego, you know, belief and let's use critical analysis and logical reasoning. Is it possible for someone to be 5,000 people to be fed with some loaves of bread and two fish or some fish and two loaves of bread? I can't remember because, I mean, again, this stuff isn't recorded anywhere in history. Um, I'll let y'all think. Can can 5,000 people be fed with fish, a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread? I heard y'all again. Y'all said no. So here we go again when it comes to critical thinking, logical reasoning. It's it's mathematically impossible (laughs) to to sufficiently, I'll say, feed over 5,000 people with some loaves of bread and some fish. Okay? Like that, that doesn't make any sense. Right? Okay. Walking on water. Now, it says Jesus walked on water. The sun walked on water. That is literally what the sun in the actual sky does. If, you, if you've ever been to a beach, if you've ever been on a boat, uh, especially towards sunset, the sun appears to walk on water. The sun and Jesus are one and the same. These, these stories are meant to be inspirational, not to be taken literally. The sun appears to walk on water. Now, do human beings walk on water? Again, forego faith, forego beliefs. Do, do Does a man or a woman walk on water in, in the middle of the sea or ocean? <laughs> the answer is no. Men nor women nor, nor any living creature that has the mass of a human walk on top of, on top of water on the ocean or in the sea. And again, I have I laugh because I mean, to to actually think that people, well, it's it's not it's actually not funny because people people don't actually um, think about this stuff. They just accept it. And again, since we're talking about like uh, mental health issues in the black community, when you've been lied to one by the government for so many years. Um, and, and been oppressed by the government for so many years and only for you to turn around and go to church for you to be lied to um, for, for so many years. Because we got to remember, too, 
for, for the at the very beginning when when the slave masters and stuff started pushing Christianity on us and punishing our ancestors for practicing the African spiritual systems um, at first they just went along with it so they wouldn't get punished they wouldn't get beat they wouldn't get killed and all this other stuff but I can almost guarantee you they did not expect us to be where we are today in in this in in this conundrum that we're in today where people are choosing the church over, you know, actual help and resources. Because I, I said it earlier that we, we don't necessarily have the resources, but for those that do, um, most of them still go to the church instead of going to seek out actual professional help. And that's because we were taught, you know, from the beginning that, you know, your God can do any and everything, Right. And, and that's, a, that's a big issue in the black community because we, we, take, we take these religions more seriously than the people who made them up, right? We, we take these more serious. The white people, uh, and I don't even want to say white people because that sounds sound weird, but I'll just say it like this. The people who made it up, um, they don't take it as seriously as we do. They, they do it more so out of tradition and black people do it out of out of hope for for a better tomorrow, right? So instead of getting out there and creating, and and I'm not gonna lie, there are some Christians that get out there and actually create and and do stuff. Um, do they necessarily follow the tenets of Christianity? No, but they they still claim that they they believe in it. And then when you have entertainers, when you have successful people who claim that you know their God is the reason why they got them there, and 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 downplay all the work that they put in to get there, it confuses young kids, right? You see young kids growing up and they're watching athletes and athletes get up there and say, you know, I thank God, you know, without him, none of this would be possible. So they, these kids grew up thinking the same thing. It's like, no, these dudes work out twice a day for three hours. These dudes practice on their skills for hours, right? These people dedicate their life to the sport. God had nothing to do with them getting to where they got to. Their, their willpower and determination got them to where, they, where they're at today. These business owners, they, they met people that helped them along the way. They got approved for business credit lines, right? They, somebody taught them how to understand the game. And they went out and created their businesses and were successful. And then people say, I thank God without him, none of this would be possible without revealing like what they actually did to get there. So then again, you have other people who's just like, I'm going to just take this leap of faith. I'm going to trust God and whatever happens, happens. And, and the vast majority of those businesses fail. And it's not just for believers. This is, this is for business across the entire spectrum from non-believers to every other religion out there. It's just businesses, 90% of businesses, I think they say fail in the first couple of years. It has nothing to do with belief in a God. Because again, if, if, we, if we look at the statistics and the people who say God got them there, those, just, <laughs> those statistics are terrible, right? They're, the, the vast majority of people who believe in God for, for their businesses or their entrepreneurship uh, aspirations, their athletic aspirations, their entertainer aspirations, their wealth and riches aspirations fail, right? They, they fail over and over and over again, the vast majority of them. So again, that, that goes to show you, like, if you think about it, and, and, and let's, let's not just stop there. Let's, let's talk about the people who are on, who are sick. Right. The people that are on their deathbeds. Right. The vast majority of those people who are on their deathbeds. Like, well, I'll just say this. Everybody, everybody's going to die at some point. But the vast majority of people on their deathbeds. Who are who are praying and reading scriptures and and crying and all this stuff, this stuff, praying out to these gods. Um, well, I'll say that God. Um, a lot of them are still dying. A lot of these people who are out here sick praying to these gods and praying to their God and whatnot, a lot of them stay sick, right? There, there are people out there who just straight up believe God and, and don't even go take no medicine. The majority of them die. There are some that, that, that don't die, 
but the vast majority of them do. There's people out here suffering in their finances. They pray to God that a financial windfall will come or they'll go give their money to a church or to a pastor, um, you know, sowing a seed, hoping that they get something, you know, kind of like basically like hitting the lottery. You sow a seed hoping for some money to come back to you one way or another. The vast majority of them don't get anything back. They sow their money and then they get kicked out of their house. Now they're homeless. Or they miss their car payment, their car gets repoed. Right? So, and you, you got to understand that when, when our people go through this over and over and over and over and over again, when they're sowing seeds for health, when they're sowing seeds for money, when they're sowing seeds for a job promotion or, or a job in general, when they're sowing seeds to, to beat a court case, the vast majority of them lose in those situations. And what does that do? That causes mental health issues. Because you're, you're, you're sitting here believing in, in something unproven, unseen that you don't even, that you honestly don't know about, right? Outside of what you read in the Bible. Because again, you got to understand these people read one book and think they have the answers to everything. They, they, they read one book and now they know how, how humanity was started from, from a man first to a woman, right? We, which is again, impossible. A woman would have, would have to come first. The woman would have to come first. There's actually uh, scientific studies out there that show that there's um, semen in the bone marrow of the black woman to where they could, re- they could reproduce asexually if, if it came down to it, if, if the situation was that dire. I have yet to see it done. I don't think I've seen any studies of somebody producing asexually, but that's what the scientific evidence points to. Um, so, I mean, we have to kind of go with that. Um, but again, like these, they read one book, they, they, they believe they know how the universe came to be. They believe they know where humanity comes from, where humankind comes from. Um, they understand the afterlife, <laughs> right? They, they understand, they, they understand everything from reading one book, from reading one book, they understand how, how the totality of everything works and have all the answers, Right. But one thing we also have to understand is this, too. If you pay attention to Christianity, and especially the apologetics community, their theories change as science progresses. So before the Big Bang, it was just God created everything. So now there's Christians out there saying that the Big Bang was created because of God. When the law of thermodynamics comes out before, it was just you just go to heaven and you get a new body and you get a new soul. Now with the law of thermodynamics that says energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Now, now all of a sudden we're immortal and, <laughs> and our, our soul lives on forever. The, in the Bible, it talks about people um, communicating with their dan- dead ancestors as being evil. You know, necromancy is being, is being evil, communicating with the dead, mediumship, all of that stuff. Um, but now we have people out here who are Christians saying that they communicate with their, their ancestors that, um, and, and, and it's called like, there's a thing, a new trend called like woke Christianity, um, where people are now trying to infuse African spiritual t- traditions into Christianity. And I, I don't know, it's, 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 first of all, <laughs> The question we should all be asking ourselves is what's really going on? Like aside from religion and everything else, like what's really going on here? What is going on across the world right now um, that has everybody just kind of loopy and crazy right now? Why, why, why is it that we all have all of the answers? Like why the, the best thing we can say when asked a question about something that we can, it cannot explain the very best answer is I do not know because as soon as you say, uh, God, you already proved that you do not know <laughs> what you're talking about. If you've studied any kind of philosophy, right? As soon as you use a quote unquote God to explain anything that's called the God of the gaps fallacy, because that, that means you, 
you, you claim that a God did something, and obviously, you nor anybody else has been able to prove. When you say, I, I don't know why the son did a backflip today, therefore it was God showing me a sign. That is called the God of the gaps fallacy. You all, you all can look this up. This is, this means when you don't have an explanation, you don't have an explanation for something. Therefore, God did it. That, that's literally everything in the Bible, right? God did this. God did that. Uh, you know, all of that. That is the God of the gaps fallacy. Nobody has ever been able to prove anything that any God has ever done. We have to get back to to knowledge and critical thinking. That that what for one that that is the African way, especially of teaching. Like when you're teaching the the I should say ancient, they were not believers. They were knowers. Right? They knew. They didn't they didn't have to they didn't have to try and they didn't have to use faith. Faith means to forego logical reasoning. And why does it mean that? Because faith means to believe something without evidence. Right? And, and that's, that's literally the totality uh, of, I should say, the New Testament doctrine is to just simply believe. And that's all you need. It tells you all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. So even me, who's somebody who completely doesn't believe in it, um, and, it, and it's not like I don't believe in it because um, I had any kind of church heard or anything like that. It's just like as you graduate through life and, and you graduate and you're, you're studying um, and, and then if you generally want to, genuinely want to seek truth and you don't want to believe stuff, right? You want to know things. Um, you start doing independent research and you know, through, through my research and with the help of, you know, several scholars, uh, some of which I actually talked to, um, you, you, you have a better understanding of what's going on. So if you just, if you just go to church, right. And only hear the Bible preached only certain parts, right. Because you got to remember, they're not going to teach you everything about the Bible. Like for example, Isaiah 45 Isaiah 45 and 7 says, I create light, I create darkness, I create peace, and I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. No pastor is going to read that scripture to you in church. Why? Because now you realize that every evil thing that has been done on this planet is the blame of your God. Right. Because even your God, your God in the Bible says, I, the Lord, do all these things. Right. So you, there's no way to rebut that. There's no way to try and get around that when you you're supposed to believe everything that your Bible says. And if you take everything in the Bible, literally, that means you're a fundamentalist Christian, which means you believe every word in there is God spoken and everything is supposed to be taken. Literally, it came straight from God. If your if your Bible tells you Isaiah 45 and 7 and it says, I create light, I create darkness, I create peace, and I create evil, or I make evil. I the Lord do all these things. Every single evil thing <laughs> that is done in your lifetime, you now have someone to blame it on. But if you again accept if you want to take your own power back, if you understand that you are truly responsible for everything that happens in your life, then that, that scripture means nothing to you, right? Because you don't, you don't want to intentionally be evil. Um, you want to actually create peace. If evil things are happening in the world, you understand that it's not because of a God. It's because people do evil things, right? People do good things. People do evil things. But again, people, people are not going to read you the scriptures that will turn you away or make you question the doctrine. So it takes people like myself and others who are awakening people because we got to understand as well. Christianity, Christianity is on a major decline worldwide, globally. It's on a major decline. Which is one thing that I'm happy about because it, that means one, people are waking up. 
that that's number one. People are waking up, and two, people are are starting to do more research, and and this pandemic really helped with that, because when they realized that by them praying, when they realized that praying ain't gonna stop the virus, when they realized that praying isn't gonna cure the virus, it didn't stop it from spreading, nor did it cure it. Um, and then obviously it's extremely arrogant if you think that he healed you when there's, you know, literally millions of other cases of people who are getting it and some are not making it. So again, this, this is causing a shift, but also we're in the age of Aquarius, which is the age of awakening. And, um, you know, things are changing. More and more information is coming out about how our ancestors in Africa were done dirty. If y'all been paying attention to the news, a lot of these countries are are, are taking their their uh, our ancient African artifacts and giving them right back to Africa. They they're they're giving them back <laughs> because they're they're admitting that they stole them from there. The only reason why the pyramids weren't weren't put in a <laughs> a museum was because they wouldn't fit in there. Right. So more and more information is coming out, especially about how the Bible is plagiarized from ancient pyramid texts. So I'm, I'm really here to to just expose information to you all that that will get you thinking. I'm not telling you not to be a Christian. You can literally believe in whatever you want to. Like, I, I, I personally still listen to gospel music. I like good music. I'm a musician. So I don't I don't mind putting on, you know, gospel music or listening to bands kill good music. Because, again, I'm a musician. I like music. I, I'm a musician. I, I, I even play at a church. Right? Because, again, like, I, I'm, I'm very talented at what I do. So I, I still play I still play music at churches. I play at, you know, gigs or clubs or whatever. I haven't done it in a while, but I, I still do it because I appreciate music and what music does for me and what music does for other people. Um, and I also have a song out called Memories. Y'all can check it out on YouTube and also on Apple Music. But um, absolutely, man, this I understand what music does for me and what it does for other people. So I still continue to do it. Right. And, and you can you can use your emotion and intent in this music, too. Like I said, the, the music, the music is good. I mean, I don't I don't have a reason to lie about, you know, what I do or, or what, you know, the music does for me. Because, I again, like I said, I love good music. I listen to all genres of music. And some of the music is good. And I enjoy it because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a true musician at heart. But but when it comes to beliefs, uh, I, I certainly will always choose facts over belief. And, and that's one of the problems that has plagued our community is that we'll accept beliefs over facts. And when you accept beliefs over facts, it causes cognitive dissonance. It causes uh, it, it does cause mental health issues. Because when, especially when people um, reveal to you that you've been lied to, instead of you accepting that and researching it, you instead defend and and get upset at the person who told you that you've been lied to. Instead of understanding that you've been lied to and doing research, you instead get mad at the person who told you that you've been lied to. But not only that, you accept the soldier mentality and you defend your faith without any knowledge of what the person just revealed to you. Which again has has to uh, it it looks insane to the to the sane person, right? If I tell you the sky is blue, and and your faith told you that the sky is yellow, instead of you looking up to see if the sky is yellow, you just defend your faith. If I tell you it's blue and you say the sky is yellow, and I tell you to look up, the sky is blue. And you're like, no, uh, my faith told me the sky is yellow. That's what cognitive dissonance is. When you won't take, <laughs> you won't take the time to look up and, and and do the research yourself, but instead you just deny and you you accept what you believe to be true versus what the actual truth is. So again, like 
I, I am for, uh, eventually I want to get to a space where I can provide, um, clarity and, and resources for people, um, to, you know, change the way they think. I mean, honestly, to me, I think the cure for the mental health issues in our community is our thinking, the way that we think. Because if we if we could literally change our, our minds around, because you got to remember, I, when I get on platforms, I, I recognize the people on the panels and stages as gods and goddesses, especially if they've made contributions to humanity, no matter how small. Because, again, um, that that's a that's an energy that you have to take on. Right. Um, you know, gods are responsible. They, they're accountable, too. God, God's put in work. They, they do. They pretty much do whatever they want to do within their area of expertise. But these gods and goddesses, they put in work. Every mythological God that you can think of puts in some kind of work. Right. And the only thing I'm trying to help you do is take your power back. Because you've been told for so long that you're not, you ain't nothing. You have to rely on something external to you in order for you to survive and make it in this world. And if you just take a look around, you, you can look around at non-believers and see how successful they are. Right? You can look at people who don't believe in the same thing as you, and, and you can see that they're, they're very successful. Not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them are. And again, when it comes to the black community, when you look in these churches, like we're the most sick, obese, uh, mental health, all of that. Like we're, we're literally education, like we're, we're at the bottom and that, and that's not good. And, and, I uh, I, I, I truly, I, I know that I, I know that religion is a big factor in that. And I don't want to say all religions, because if you look at, like, for, say, Islam or even offshoots like the Nation of Islam and stuff like that, they're, they're about education. Right. They might infuse some doctrine and stuff in there, but they they have some kind of dignity about them. Right. They they have some kind of understanding. They, they follow what I what I've seen is that Muslims follow their doctrine more intently than than Christians do by far <laughs> regardless of whether or not it's true or not they follow their belief system much closer than than Christians do you know regardless of race but when it comes to Christianity and the black community this this has you you go to the you go to any hood in America you'll see 15 churches on every on, on every corner You don't see clinics on every corner. You see, you'll see, you'll see smoke shops, you'll see ABC stores, and you'll see churches and, oh, and and hair stores, beauty supply stores on on every corner, but you don't see clinics and stuff like that nowhere. So one of the things that I I also want to do too, as you know, I've written two books. Um, I'm I'm literally thinking about uh, getting a, a life coach license. So um, I can help people in that manner, too, because people, especially our people, like to see credentials. They don't want to just hear you say something on Instagram. One thing one thing about the black community that they like to see, they either like to see uh, some kind of religious title. They want to see um, credentials or they want to see uh, popularity. Right. We have people taking advice from people like Cardi B. Life advice from people like Cardi B. Not saying anything that there's anything uh, wrong with that per se, but if you're if you're trying to live, I guess a uh, I don't even want to say moral life. Um, I I would just say if you if you really wanted to follow the doctrines of whatever religion, it would be wise to not listen to someone like her who does (laughs) all of the things I don't want to say all the things she does she does a lot of things that doesn't coincide with with those doctrines not Muslim not Islam and not Christianity 
but I'm just saying in general, black people like seeing popularity, um, credentials, and um, and and religious titles, imams or pastors or bishops or apostles or, or prophet or whatever. And I want to change that because there's a there's a lot of trust lost in the black community, um, simply because we don't know what to do. <laughs> we don't know what to think. We don't know how to think. All we do, all we know is to go to church and and listen to what the pastors say and then go tell, you know, the pastor all your business, which also takes a toll on them. Right? Because if you, especially if you got a big church and y'all setting up appointments, they got to listen to all of your problems while they deal with their own problems too. Or you go to a deacon or a minister in the church. A lot of a lot of them have mental health issues too. I think it's it's pretty safe to say if you didn't grow up with a gold spoon in your mouth in the black community, you've grown up with some kind of mental problems growing up. What and that's not even that's not even talking about when you when you add in the factor of a lot of the black men being out of the household. A lot of these these men that are alive today late 20s, early 30s and 40s who grew up without their fathers fathers trying to father kids now. Right? But you're just told to, you know, trust God and everything will be alright. That's not how life works, people. That is not how life works. You have you have to figure these things out. You can't just pray and, and wait and hope things happen. You gotta fit if you want to be a better father, you gotta you gotta experiment. You, you go find role models or, or read books or, or study articles or, you know, a- ask your kids how you can be a better father, right? You, there, there's plenty of things that you need to do. If you, if you need finances, you don't just get on your knees and pray and hope that a, a financial miracle come in. Do some financial literacy. In, invest in financial literacy. If you can't go out... For the most part, library cards, I think, are like 2 or $3. And and I, I'm pretty sure at this point, the libraries are just letting you come in for free because there ain't nobody in there anyway. Go to the library and read some books. I mean, you can, you can honestly watch some YouTube videos and stuff too, but books is where information is at. If you, if you feel like you have mental health issues, you're, you're trying to overcome your inner child... Um, as an adult, if you can, go see somebody. If not, pick up a few psychology books and read them. These these things do help. Just, just read other... If you want to read the Bible, fine. But read other books beside the Bible with, with qualified people talking about you know, mental health, like, and, and every single one of them, again, don't have to be credentialed, right? There are some people out there who have no credentials, but they've overcome many obstacles in life and and have gone on to be successful or, or at least became a better person. They overcame their addictions. They overcame their fears. They overcame, uh, their own mental issues. I'm one of those people. I grew up without a parent. I grew up without the support that I that I feel like I, I needed as a child. I've dealt with divorce. You know, I've dealt with a time period where I didn't even have my son. I overcame all of that. I have my son now, about to get married. Writ two wrote two books. One of my books reached the top 25 on Amazon. The second one I just released a few weeks ago. Um, that one's doing fairly well. I got to run ads on that so it can get more exposure. Um, I, I joined the military, all of that stuff. Like I, I've overcame a lot of things in my own life and, and I'm better because of it. Not because I was sitting around waiting for my, my mental health to be fixed by, by something outside of myself. I had to go within and pull that shit out. And, and write it down and, and go over what things I don't like about myself, what things I do like about myself, things I need to change. Um, meditating, 
studying my birth natal charts, um, experimenting. I've I've done, I've overcome a lot. And and there's there's a there's a lot of reviews on my book. There's people who message me, tell me that you know my book changed their life, helped them in their in their ways too. So y'all can go check out Get Rid of Yourself on Amazon by Marcel Gill. Y'all can go check out Hack Yourself Design.